right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a mouse. It was my no. It was the pad on the thing. Well, see there. The I saw you also great. So now Dan's like, if you had a mouse, that would never happen. <laughs> hey Dan, I didn't tell you this. Somebody on Facebook, I was checking the feed the other day, and I just saw a comment. Somebody said uh, that we should crowdfund a mouse for Howie. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny, funny. Funny, everybody is funny. And then they make a jockey. Everybody throw in 10 cents and we'll get, and we'll get you a $20 mouse. I don't want to make this about the weather, but did you say this to us on the air or off the air yesterday, Frederick, that uh, this we might just be in for like never ending Arctic disruption? Yeah, I was looking for the article to send it to you. It's one of those ones I wrote, and I should have just immediately sent it to you. It's about global warming and the wind and, and sort of the Gulf Stream or the fucking, not not the Gulf Stream. What do you call the other? Uh, the jet stream. The jet, jet stream. stream. Jet yeah. stream. Has slowed down over this area, and it's slowed down just enough that it, it it's, it's having trouble pushing cold air up. And... Uh, this could be a phenomenon, like a permanent phenomenon. When you uh, say, "Well, send that to me when you find it," because that's <laughs> right. I'd love to read that as well. Oh yeah, we're gonna all we're gonna. Okay, I will. Chew it's got to be there. Cause, but when you yeah, say, I don't even know uh, if I read it on the. Maybe I read it on the fucking weather network. Maybe are you gonna? Are you saying like this is a phenomenon that will happen for the rest of this spring or for the rest of time? No, I think he's saying they're just. Yeah, it could be like a permanent thing hey warning ontario these highly destructive creatures are making their return oh fuck really dan you got to get up there and start fucking looking for those things and tell me oh well on the weekend we're talking about the uh the moths yeah there's a thing the big it's the big story today on fucking weather network is gypsy moths Uh oh i see it there um oh i see the thing it says atmospheric gridlock halts weather in eastern canada that's yeah, the one right next it. to the moths. <laughs> you know? And read it and see if it says something about the. Well, let me see here. Did you just somebody just wait? Wait, wait. Did somebody just burp? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show where people own up to their own burps. And they should. Uh, the weather Farting over well, eastern Canada well. is stuck in a standstill through this weekend. Uh, this may not be what you were talking about. It says a build, but I, I and again I apologize. That you've caught us in mid-weather talk again. Have you started recording, by the way? Oh, yeah. A building ridge in the jet stream, blah, blah, would create an upper-level atmospheric gridlock. This will lead to what you see is what you get type of forecast for folks across eastern Canada into the weekend. No, the one I'm talking about was more... It, it it dealt with Greenland. And okay, we're getting weather from Greenland and uh, the wind speed. I'll find it. Okay, I'll but find if it. If you'll permit me to lead, read the last sentence, depending on yeah. it says this is uh, the part I think is important. Depending on where you are, this could lead to an extended stretch of dry weather, or for the not so lucky, more than four days of snow, rain, or a mix of both. <laughs> Isn't that? I love how they put that. Or for the not so lucky. <laughs> Yeah, I would say versus dry weather, snow, rain, and a mix of both is not so lucky. That's great. We may start having uh, water wars soon. There's there's a big, huge uh, drought going on in the in the southwest of uh, 
the states there mm. and in california they they're just uh, there's a new water uh, rationing thing that they're going to start deploying i think they probably should have done this a little sooner than they have but uh, with all the uh, the reservoirs in the Colorado River, uh, its historic lows, all of that is uh, is getting kind of nuts there for them. I'm looking here on the apparently there's a massive Arizona wildfire or something. Oh yeah, that's also a, a thing, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's way early uh, for the wild <coughs> the wildfire season. season. Yeah. yeah. We thought there's a wildfire season, but yeah, I guess if it's dry enough and hot enough. Fred, we're recording now. If you're uh, if you're ready, you know. I'm like, right are, you, are you still looking for the article? Yeah, I just I thought I was on to something, but I'll find it. Okay. Well, I hope that we can start with something other than the weather. For instance, I saw a billboard for something I thought was a sign of the times the other day, just going into the city, and that was right. a billboard advertising non-alcoholic. Corona beer. Really? Oh. Yes, sirs. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me, and I don't when this started, because I don't think the Rattlers or whatever they're called, the sort of combo beers were just starting to come into popularity when I stopped drinking. So I kind of missed the sort of mixing up the beers with other stuff. What are those called? Rattlers. Yeah, I know, but there's kind of a category of beer with mixed with fruit. Anyway, um, oh. but now because I pay, I'm paying attention to non-alcoholic beers. Obviously, it's amazing to me. Like when I saw that, I thought, "Oh, this is just like that wave where everyone who makes beer is going to make a non-alcoholic option." I mean, they already do to a you know a lesser sure. degree. Mm-hmm. But that'll be nice for uh, the summertime. I'll have myself a Corona or what tastes like a Corona. Well, what if it doesn't, Dan? (laughs) What if it, what do you mean? I hope it tastes okay. It'll it'll be fine. I'm sure. Well, the Corona is not the best of the beers. So, Mm. you know, if you back it off a couple of degrees without the alcohol, I don't know. I'm willing to give it a shot, though. I know you were, buddy. It is uh, somewhat of an overrated beer. Because even when you're in Mexico, well, look at the Mexicans. Yeah. They're never drinking Corona. Yeah, what do they drink? Dos Equis? Sol or something? No, or Dos Equis. Yeah, do, no, not Dos Equis. What is it? Tecaki or something. Tecakis? Or Sol. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sol, okay. They don't drink Dos Equis? Mm-hmm. The gag is a beer called Simpatico down there too. Mm. Oh, is there? Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I mean it's not new. I just think that with uh, because you know you can all you've always been able to buy Beck's and Heineken Zero Point whatever, and there's that weird Budweiser that tastes horrible. But I only made a note of it. Like, wow, okay, so now that company is getting into the non-alcoholic category, like companies right. years ago got into that weird beer as, uh, as like a fruity drink category. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't. I've had a uh, non-alcoholic Rattler. Do you guys drink those? Is that something you people drink? You beer drinkers? Yeah. No. Sometimes. Well, you know the like the Rattlers and stuff that category. Oh, no, Do you no, guys no. drink I those? those? They tend to be women's drinks. <laughs> They're gender. I don't no, know. Genderized. Right. Yeah. Guys, I'm. I'm telling you, it's like. But you know, I have a pool, and I always have Rattlers and beers in my fridge, and nine times out of ten. 
when I offer it, guys will say, I'll have a beer, and a woman will say, oh, I'll have a Rattler. Mm-hmm. My experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're too sweet. Well, that's but there's, it. There's a few out there that are like a grapefruit. There's a grapefruit one that I forget who makes it. But. Well, Grolsch, uh, this is the only one I've tried. They make they make their version of a non-alcoholic Rattler. I bought four of them, and I only drank half of one, and I couldn't drink the rest of them. I just found them too sweet. Mm-hmm. That Mexican beer is Tecati. That's the one Tecati. I... Oh, right, Tecati, yeah. That's the one I drink when I'm down there. Nice. They have a Tecati Light, which is a lovely <laughs> beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least so I just wanted to shift the conversation from how shitty the weather is. Yeah, what do you call those? What, how do they refer to those drinks now? Like that aren't I, I don't know. That's why I was asking. There's a there's a category name for it, but I, I, don't, know, yeah. I don't. Oh man, what's the? I say the word all the time because I think. Oh, I even say to doll, I'm going to get some of those for the fridge. Um, Fruity uh, bears? I don't know. No. Uh, oh man. Uh, let's move on. I just <laughs> I scare myself sometimes. Well, that this is different than you know. I know what you're talking about the occasional. Occasional, occasional word you can't remember is different than not re, not being able to remember a category of a of a beer. I I sometimes scare myself when I'm literally in the middle of a sentence. I'm like, I'm not sure what the word is that I was trying to come up with, and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. aviation or something. I'm like, oh yeah, I've lost that word now. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It's a. Uh you know, you see it in the beer store sometimes. There's beer, and then there's, uh, uh, you know, and yeah. Rattler would fall under that, or, you know, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is just like that phenomenon where mm-hmm. once there was only a few, now there's many, mm-hmm. you know, they even sell, and I was only vaguely aware of this, Dan and Fred, that. Because I, I, haven't, I don't go into liquor stores very much, obviously, but I went in to buy something for Rachel, and I saw now they have a category of non-alcoholic beers in the beer store. I mean, they have them at grocery stores, obviously, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you know, not that long ago, you wouldn't have seen, I don't know, maybe they sold Beck's, mm-hmm. but now they're everywhere. Really? Hmm. And, of course, there's another category, non-alcoholic cocktails, like drinks that sort of taste like gin and tonic. Right. That's another huge category. Uh-huh. But I have yet to find one. And I've tried a few of them that, you know, really taste like a rum and Coke or taste like a gin and tonic. They taste like a nice sort of refreshing summertime drink, but they don't taste like, they don't echo the alcohol sort of flavor. Right. Not that I'm looking for that, actually. What is, uh, what's your favorite non-alcoholic beer, did you say? I have a couple. I like this one right now. Darren and I have been talking about it. It's called Sober Carpenter, uh, the dark really? one, okay. the one that's sort of like a Rickard. Do you remember the old Rickard's Red? That's one of my favorites. They do an IPA as well. I don't mm-hmm. like them. It's not that great. But, I mean, Dan, you've had those at my house, the the Sober oh, yeah. Carpenters. Yeah. They, the first one. The lake. Uh, and they And they taste like one of them is great. Not, not just. Well, I can only usually do one of them. After this, we're into, and once you're into the second one, it, it starts to lose its luster a little bit. That word I'm thinking of is coolers. Yes. Okay. Well, that's uh, those aren't coolers, though, are they? A rattler? Mm, they would sort of fall in that category. 
you know, it's it's you know beer or wine based drinks that uh, I've been screwed with. You know, yes, yes, I do. Know. It's not wine; they add something to it. It's a cooler. I would think that's that's how I refer to them. So I say, uh, you know, I refer to Delise. I say, oh, I want to go over to the beer store. Yeah, I'll get some coolers to mm. put in the fridge. I'll get some coolers. <laughs> what yeah. does she say? She'll say, yes, yeah, that would be a good idea, Freddie. You're always one step ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. That doesn't sound like doll. <laughs> That's right. That sounds just. That's right, Freddie. You're always on the ball with the coolers. No, she. And then, and then you look at the door and you wink at her. She goes, "You know what? You're cooler." And then you just flip your hat and see you later, doll. (laughs) Fred's like Kramer in his own house. I'm going to get a cooler, doll. Um. Now I just saw there's 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 health benefits to non-alcoholic beer. Apparently. You know, for uh, lowers your risk of heart disease or lots of vitamins in them. Sure. And they have lower calories. Like those sober carboners only have 60 calories. Uh, I guess we should get started. Um, I was just going to say, there's another. Uh, do, you, uh, do you guys remember? Again, I do remember this when Jack Daniels introduced this thing called Honey Jack. You ever had that? Yes. And uh, yeah, I saw you shaking your head because, you know, it's like all the punch of the 40% Jack Daniels with kind of a sweet you know make it easy to drink i saw that being advertised apparently that's a big still a big well, category the honey jack when i first tasted it i loved it and i bought a couple of bottles and had them at the trailer but i i burned on that so quickly the thought of it now nauseates me it's it was too much it was too sweet too syrupy and uh but still no. strong right fred oh yeah sure it is but it's just it's not it's not up my uh, alley but as I say, when I first, you know, when those, uh, you know, when those novelty things come out, you first get them and you almost talk yourself, hey, this is great. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, when you really concentrate on it, you think, no, nah, this isn't great. It's too syrupy. It's too thick. I'll tell you that proper 12 uh, Irish whiskey to me is at the top of the list for me right now. It's just uh, I'm not sure I've never heard of that. It's uh, who's the Irish uh, fighter? I mean, uh, Connor uh, McDavid. Yeah, McGregor. Connor McGregor. Yeah. Connor. Anyway, he's tied in with it. I don't know if he owns part of the distillery or whatever, but it's called Proper 12. It's an Irish whiskey. And it's just it's just nice and mellow and Yeah. Does it wonderful. get you all uh fired up around the fire? Uh no. <laughs> no, it hasn't. No. I'm I can't. I, I'm having trouble drinking alcohol after dinner now of any sort in my uh, advanced age. A Perrier just seems <laughs> yeah. to go down better. But, but I just wonder about those novelty drinks. Like, again, Honey Jack is like the the Jack Daniels group got together. You know, we always talk about what was that meeting like? They're like, we need to get more kids drinking this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's when I saw it. I was like, is that for kids? Honey Jack, uh-huh. it's not just for grown old men sitting around a fire. Now... Mm-hmm. Come on, kids. Your yeah, entries are dying. We got- <laughs> That's right. You're mm-hmm. entering your honey jack years. All right, let's get started. Here's Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and for the last time, the western shores of Shimong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, and Health Gauge. And now, here are two men who decided to rechannel their complaining ways into good, but couldn't figure out what good a mission for good could do. 
If they're just complaining all the time, it's humble and fresh. Uh, Dan thank you. I don't know that we're complaining all the time. Uh, even though uh, Thursday, pretty good job. Yeah. Well, we just have a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of things we need to comment on. Uh, no guest today, although. Brother David's in town, as uh, we were mentioning off the beginning of the show, that we were supposed to golf yesterday. I actually ended up hanging out at an indoor golf facility. I invited you to join us. Just hung out for a couple hours, a bunch of guys, like, hitting golf balls into nets and, you know, practicing putting. The place was packed because, of course, no one can golf anywhere yesterday because it was winter again. Is that one of those white bubbles? Uh, no, Dan. It's a uh, facility in Burlington called Burlington Indoor Golf. It's run by a buddy of mine, Sean Casey. Very, very nice uh, man. The longtime teacher in the area. And uh, he set up. It's thousands of square feet. There's bays. There's putting stuff in it. A bunch of instructors. And uh, now I was just kind of, again, I said to David, I said, well, I'm, I'm not going outside today. <laughs> just, that's another age thing for sure. Because there was a time and I wouldn't have cared. Five degrees, four degrees. Sure, let's go. Well, that's why I didn't join you. I stuck my nose out, and then I was started dicking around here, and next thing I knew, the time got away from me, and I stuck my nose out again, and I thought, nah, you know, I don't feel like driving to Burlington. As much as I would have enjoyed well, being around you fellows. And I appreciate that, but I was like, well, okay, but you don't drive a convertible. I mean, you're going to be inside a car. It's not going to be. I know. I just I couldn't get motivated, Howard. No, I hear you. I just couldn't. You know, not that I'm complaining, but, you know, the whole, the day bummed me out. <laughs> not that I'm complaining. That's not all that we are. That's all we do is. There was a light dusting of snow outside, and yeah. there was a bitterness to the air. And I thought, you know, I'm pissed. I don't want to go out in that. Yeah, you showed. Hey, you showed it. You guys know that they have new clothing where there are battery heaters in them, right? You, you can get those now. For your gloves, or your like, your, you wear a vest with a battery heat. You can do what? You, they have battery operated clothing. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, but, but if you step in a puddle, you could be electrocuted. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's right. That's why I don't buy. I don't like, buy that. Stuff. Like a cartoon. Ah, you know those when you got electrocuted? Watching all the characters on cartoons when they get electrocuted, they turn the X-ray. You know that thing? Yeah. The character has an oh, X-ray all of a sudden. You see the bones. <laughs> exactly. You'd see the bones, and then somehow they would live. Um, now, listen, whether there's a jet stream problem or global warming is definitely impacted. But this I was saying to David, you know, because he just came from Calgary a couple of days ago. And, you know, the weather in, in Western Canada is like sort of spring like and like we're definitely having something. January was one of the coldest you know winters we've experienced since the, I got here in 89. And, you know, the weather is extreme everywhere. And. You know, it's like, I don't know. Is it too late, Dan? You're an environmentalist. Uh, not if we get on it. Mm. We can do something. We've done a lot of damage, but... <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, let's get on that, eh? Yeah. We're not getting on it. But if we get on it... <laughs> no, I know. That's the other... Yeah, we got to get on that, eh? Man, we better get around to it. <laughs> all levels of government, you know, citizens. Yeah, we got to get on that thing. And nobody ever seems to get on it. No one. Well, anytime it's brought up, there's so much pushback. It's like, the fossil fuels and jobs. Meanwhile, it's snowing in July. It's super cold. Um, anyway. And they're having heat waves across the world. There's a big one in uh, India right now. They're like 10, 20 degrees above uh, seasonal at the moment. Yeah, but that's body heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many people 
stuck together. Yeah, that makes that's sense. Right. What I thought you were going to say is, why can't we that? Why can't that ever be us? Why can't? Because that's why. Why can't it ever be? Oh man, it's bad. The heat this April has been crazy in Toronto. Oh my God! Wow, it was uh, terrible. But it's always the other way. It's always oh, it's minus fifteen every day. Just a couple of minutes ago, didn't you say you didn't want to talk about the weather today? <laughs> Okay, I just want to, before Dan goes, it's, 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 it's even boring me now. <laughs> so yesterday I was driving David to see uh, Charlie and Spencer, and we were oh, in a sweet. We were in a line of cars waiting mm-hmm. to turn left, and it's a long lineup. It's because it's a really funny little turn, and, and right. only a few cars at a time get to go through the light to make the turn. So David and I are sitting there having a nice conversation. I look out the window, and there's a, you know, as a dog owner, you sort of notice people with dogs, and it's a fairly mid-sized dog. Not a big dog, but, you know, 40, 50 pounds. And the dog's in mid-squat. Like, it's taking a dump. But I'm always fascinated by, you know, that, you know, just that the, that dog does that little humpy thing, and it arches it back, his back, mm-hmm. and, he's, and, he, and he made a dump. And I watched the dump, and then I see the guy just mm-hmm. look, and the guy's having a smoke, mm-hmm. smoking dog, dog owner. And then the dog dumps, and the guy just starts walking away. And I say to David, I go, that guy didn't pick up his dog shit. Yeah. And, and there are tons of cars, and we're all stopped. Uh-huh. So my first reaction is, you know, David's going to roll. David, no, I should say, David firstly reacts and he's going to roll the window down and say something. I go, no, no, let's leave it alone. Because this is Toronto. Who, who knows what the guy's going to do, right? So I move up in the car and he's, the guy's now, he's walking this dog alongside the sidewalk, keeping sort of pace with where I am. And I think that I'm going to get through the lights. So I'm Mr. Brave. I roll the window down and honk my horn and go, hey, pick up your dog shit. Like that. And then, of yeah. course, wait. And, of course, I'm, I, the light doesn't turn. And now I'm stuck there. <laughs> what did the guy say? Nothing. I got oh. nervous. That's oh. what I thought. I was like, oh, big man, I'm about to turn on this uh, light. But then uh, it didn't turn. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I turned, and it just so happened he had to. He turned down a, a, into an apartment, but I, I just thought, oh yeah, I Mister Brave when I'm, I thought I was going to be able to peel away. Mm-hmm. But I actually said to David, I, said, I sort of admire like where do you get the balls to not pick up your dog shit if there's a bunch of people who can see you not pick up your dog shit. Mm-hmm. How about this? I made. It's funny how this stuff works together. I made note of this story. Uh, only because it's Florida and, you know, it's Yahoo world. A uh, 75-year-old golf golfer shot a man who was taking his dog for a walk on the golf course. Happened in Palm Beach, Florida. Anyway, what happened? This guy's golfing and he's in his cart. He notices a guy uh, with a dog. And I guess the dog took a crap. Just walked right up and shot him in the leg. And then when the guy fell over, started beating him with a golf club. So you you know when you tell it when you say to David watch what you say you never know what could happen yeah of course you don't expect that happen in Toronto but stuff like that does happen <laughs> and it happened in Florida uh, yeah so a guy walks his dog in the course and ends up with a bullet in him in Yahoo Land so yes you have to watch what you say yeah but it's typical you know. It's like uh, in your car, you're so brave. <laughs> I, like I said, I was kind of trying to time it so I get through the light after I yelled, pick up your dog shit. And uh, I mean, it could have worked out. He could have he gotten mad and come running toward the car. 
But I honestly, where do you get the confidence or because I would be so self-conscious. Like, I'm. listen, if Stan's out and we're in that park and he goes into the forest and takes a shit, I leave it there. Mm-hmm. If he poops on the lawn area, I pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I and but if I'm on, I've taken him home sometimes from the park on the Queensway here, and once he took a dump on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't leave it there thinking people were going to see me. Mm-hmm. Forget that it's no, the right thing to do. No, I know. I, I don't. I don't know where it comes from. And uh, you know, there are moments. Uh, there are times that uh, you know, at uh, the Tin Palace and the, the park. You know, dog poop uh, sometimes becomes an issue, and those thoughts go through your head. You know, you know your dog has left your sight. Um, and what do dogs do? They poop. Uh, Mm-hmm. So it's interesting at the end of the day if you have a dog and it hasn't been tied up and uh, at the end of the day you haven't picked up some of its poop uh, you know that it pooped somewhere mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying oh yeah so it's not like the dog you know is constipated today you it, know that dog shit somewhere it, it didn't uh, it, yeah I didn't not poop that day because it was constipated yeah. So that dog's poop has now become someone else's problem because they tend not to poop on their own property. Isn't that another weird thing about dogs? Often they take one step off their property Mm -hmm. to poop. Mm -hmm. Um, Stan did take a leak on uh, Dan's bed a few weeks ago. (laughs) Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, but that's prostate. Dan or Stan? <laughs> it's the pee bed we all pee in. Mm-hmm. No, I hadn't noticed it. It was like, I got up there and I guess there was like, I had to throw up one of the pillows because he whizzed on it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's getting old and he can't hold it as much anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you, the dog poop thing, it's really become, you know, we've talked about it many times and, and I know and we were guilty and... Uh, as kids, you just open the front door to your dog, went out and had a dump. You didn't know. You didn't care. You saw dog shit on the street and thought, oh, a dog shit here. <laughs> and then somewhere right. along the line, it became fashionable or courteous or whatever the word may be to pick up your dog shit. So now you, you notice it everywhere. I do. For that reason, Howard, because, you know, it's become part of the norm now to pick up after your dog. And when you see people not do it, it's like, hmm, yeah. So now... That's my problem, not yours. Hmm, interesting. And hmm. just to leave this guy alone yesterday who did not uh, take action after I yelled uh, about his dog's shit. Like, that is a level of self-confidence. I, I just don't have it, you know? So, like, uh, we're talking a long line of traffic. This is Dundas Street in Toronto. So there's lots of cars, that, and, and all of us were stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and anyone that turned to the right would see that his dog was in squat mode and then he just kind of sauntered away and I was like initially before I obviously you get you're like that's not right and then I was like wow that's a, I don't have that kind of confidence I don't have like don't pick up your dog shit confidence <laughs> maybe told, he maybe uh, he had intentions of picking it up but didn't have a thing on him and went inside to get it and after you uh, you you know drove away he hmm. came out and picked it up great I told you that story years and years ago, right here on this street. There used to be three houses down. This woman would walk her dog out, and from time to time I would see it. She'd, some she, times she would pick it up, and then other times she'd look around. If there was no people, she'd just walk away from it. Mm. 
So I saw her do that one day. So I went to the foot of my driveway and I said, hey, pick up your dog shit, will you, please? I said, there's kids playing in this park. Thank you. So about 10 minutes later, I'm in the house. Uh, there's a knock at the door and it's her. And she says, I don't appreciate you telling me what to do. And I said, well, just pick up the dog shit. And she said, well, it's none of your business. I said, yes, it is my business. It's everyone's business. She says, I know who you are. I'm going to phone your radio mm. station. Great. And I said to her, please phone the radio station. <laughs> That's right. Please phone the radio station. As a matter of fact, this is what I said to her. I said, here's the number for the direct line. Phone my partner with this story, please. Yes. It would be great. It's the best thing I ever. She never did. Yeah, hi, who's this? Uh, yeah, I'm Fred's uh, neighbor. Uh, hi, how can I help you? Yeah, he got mad at me because uh, picked up, uh, yelled at me because of some dog shit. Could you hold, please? Just hold. <laughs> I'm going to get some sound effects. Oh, I thought that would have been perfect. You know, the ones that I really don't understand are the people, and again, I see this a lot in my park, with the stand park, I call it, that uh, will actually bag their dog's poo and then leave the bag on the lawn. Yeah. Like, so what's that for? Who's supposed to pick that up? But it's a weird... Like, you had the you had the wherewithal, the effort to pick it up in the first place. You just didn't... You just couldn't complete a two-thing operation. That's like having a dump and not flushing the toilet. Yeah, I got... Well, no, it'd be like having a dump in the living room. <laughs> you know, and just leaving it there. Well, it's not completing the job. Exactly. Like, well, thank you very much for bagging it, but now I have to... There's like, a restaurant down the street. I know. That's crazy. 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 Uh, Dan oh, will people are, I hate people. <laughs> See, this is way more fun than the weather. <laughs> Fucking people. Uh, Dan uh, will tur- return with uh, his news in about, uh, I don't know, half an hour. Boone is uh, going to check in. Apparently, I forgot that Boone has four kids and... We're talking about families that, when we were kids, minimum was three. You know, very few people had only one child. But we're talking about yesterday the idea of larger families not as in vogue. And and there I'd forgotten about our good man, uh, Michael Boone. So he'll check in a little bit later as well. My older brother is not only in town to golf, he's a... Uh, a management training specialist, and it's got a pretty interesting perspective on what's going on in Ukraine. And uh, I thought he'd uh, pop in here, maybe talk about how uh, Russian society has been heading this way for a long time. And the thing is about David, not only is he a wise man, he's got the appearance of a wise man, too. You look at David and you think, no, no. he's like an intelligent man. It's yeah. just his demeanor. He's a. How yeah. I... <laughs> Why didn't I get that? I don't know. Yeah. It's like you know, you're smart, but he looks like a wise man. Very measured. I bet you he's not impatient. I bet he's not impatient at all, that man. No, he's not. I know. Yeah, he's not impatient. Because a wise he... man isn't impatient because he can look at the moment and think there's no reason to be impatient. I, I wonder, because Edmonton, we called Edmonton Steve yesterday, the two of us. I just wonder, yeah. does Edmonton, and Edmonton Steve was like, what? He was a bit jealous that David was going to be talking on the show because he said, he said, should I call in? I go, no, buddy, you're on all the time. Um, he wants to call in. I said, "Yeah, uh, listen, Freddie. Why don't you? Uh, we take us just to not that we haven't we haven't really started the show, but this is part of the show. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the fine people? Um, well, what I'm going to tell you about right now is the big event in uh, Toronto tonight. It's mm. Game Six of the nice. NBA opening round, and the Raptors can they tie the series? Uh, bet the Raptors. It's even money. Okay." 
Uh, bet the Sixers it'll cost you $120 uh, to win back your 100 uh, but uh, so pretty much a toss-up. A lot of pressure on the Philadelphia 76ers who have a history of choking and uh, their coach in particular, Doc Rivers. Will that unfold? So there you go. You can play that game. Have some fun with it. Uh, Bow Dog is the place to go for all your single event wagering, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bow Dog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing con- uh, Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since way back in 1994. Oh, We have a little time. We should talk about the census and what it says about aging Canadians. But first, let me tell you, as you age, it would be great to keep track of some of the more vital things that really contribute to your health and well-being. And, of course, we're talking about the health gauge. It's called Health Gauge because it gauges your health on a daily basis, on a minute by minute, second by second. Yeah, that's cool. I have a different... It's funny, you, you, we don't really... We should actually talk about some of the features because what you can do is you can change the way the, the watch looks. For instance, you've got it set. Like I have it in... Do you have it in a watch form or I have it in a digital watch form? Like I just... When you showed me your watch there... Like I have it, a traditional. Yeah, that's cool. I like that actually. I like the traditional, yeah. And I've go, I go back and forth. So mine's like basically just numbers. So 802. Uh, anyway, but it also monitors, of course, vital signs. And that's so vital to keeping track of what's going on as we age. Whether it's your blood pressure, calories, steps, all that stuff is there and more. And it's reasonably priced. If you go to healthcage.com, you'll find out. Check out the Phoenix. And as you check out, put in the code HUMBLEFREDHG. That's HUMBLEFREDHG for health gauge obviously that gets you 15 percent off at checkout when you check out so check it out uh last couple of thursdays that we've started doing uh the show just with us um we've acknowledged our listener email and i know this is going to sound like uh you know kid lost his homework but i I had collected a bunch of them the last couple of days, and what I usually do is I send it to Freddie, and uh, and then I rebooted my computer, and I hadn't saved that document. So, if you emailed us this week, and uh, we don't read your email today, it really is because uh, I just didn't save the document. And uh, so, I, and I went back, and I tried to find a bunch of them. So, I've got a few of them. Let's uh, address some of these, Frederick, as we uh, sort of wind down another week. If you want to get a hold of us, it's Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, so you start wherever you want to there, pal. Um, well, maybe I'll read the one that was directed at me down there, Rod. Uh, yeah, Rod Fitchett. 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 He just wrote, uh, well, Freddie, home ice secured, but dot, 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 referring to the Maple Leafs who secured home ice uh, for the playoffs on Tuesday with that 3 nothing victory over the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I responded to Rod, and I uh, said, Rod, I don't like the matchup against Tampa Bay, and... Uh, you know, in our discussion, I, I you know, I, I told him, I think Tampa Bay will win the series five at the most, and the Maple Leafs will not score 10 goals in the series. I know I'm Freddie Downer and all of that, but listen, it's on the table. Somebody asked me to analyze it, and that's my analysis. The Leafs will maybe win a game, maybe the second game, uh, but that will be it, and they're going to have trouble scoring goals against that club. Sorry. Anyway, Rod got back to me, and he said, me too. 
I'm a few shows behind. Me too. He agreed with me that he didn't think they could win the series. He says, I'm a few shows behind on the podcast, but can't wait to hear how the Puss Volcano is doing. And that's, well, and that's where I, f- I went in because I'd seen your exchange and I had nothing yeah. to say about the Leafs because, you know, I hate mm-hmm. the team. Um, mm-hmm. But I did have something to say. It's interesting that Rod's response, me too, I'm a few shows behind on the podcast, but can't wait to hear how the pus, but he spelled it P-U-S-S. So it's puss because pus is P-U-S. Is it really? I eh? think I, it is. Because when you had written pus, I thought, oh, he's missing an S. I thought pus, like oozing pus, was double S. Interesting. But I, well, what's the way I interpreted it oh, was, okay. and I wrote back saying, oh, that's cool. But I, I think a, a puss volcano would be a lot more entertaining. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I thought. Hey, David. Yeah. David's right now doing research for the show. Dan Duran has sent an article. And my brother right now is doing uh, some. Is writing down some notes. I, I just want you to know mm. you've, you've heard this show before, and we don't want you to try too hard. <laughs> you know, you know, like we don't want our guests coming on being all prepared. Um, <laughs> so I'm just yeah, just don't work too hard. Uh, anyway, I don't know how I thought pus was p u s Howard Howard like. I, you know, and I don't even know why I question you on this stuff because you're always correct when it comes to words. You're a wordsmith. You're. A, I could be wrong. No, you're absolutely right. Am Pus, I right? P U S P U P U S. A thick yellowish or greenish opaque liquid produced in infected tissue consisting of dead white blood cells and bacteria with tissue debris and serum. That's pus with one S. Yummy. Correct. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought you're right. I, I you know, like pus volcano has got to be a category on you porn. Uh, anyway, pus or puss. Uh, thank you, Rod, for your participation. And of course, we appreciate that. Uh, we have a few other emails. And again, I there was a bunch of other ones. And again, I apologize. We're not reading yours because I, I just didn't save them. So this one is from uh, Scott McKenzie. This came up with Lumby. He seems he says, hi, fellas, see my seems I misspoke in my message. And this was a conversation with Jeff. Thank you for asking Jeff about the theme song for his podcast. Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic. Fuzzy in Blue, which was an instrumental, is the song they use for the French phrase of the day, which is a bit they do in their podcast produced by this program. Curious he didn't recognize it. I was wondering if it has any significance, maybe next time. And I, I promise, Scott, I'll save this. And when Jeff is on Next time, we will ask him. But uh, in the meantime, I uh, I don't have an answer for you. But uh, do, we do appreciate you getting a hold of us. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi guys. And uh, the last one that I was able to re- uh, recapture is that one from uh, Brother Bill. Oh, right. Hey, buddy, just heard you play Lifehouse. Good God-fearing boys there. I had no idea. So that are they a Christian rock band, eh? What day is it? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, Friedrich. Who was the other Christian rock band we used to play? The uh, oh, here I go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't I can't know. Remember? No, again. it's true. Let's let's see if we can do this. It's uh, Creed. Creed. That was it. Yes, Creed. Creed was like Nickelback before Nickelback, meaning that everyone mm-hmm. immediately, for some reason, it became very fashionable to hate Creed. And uh, then became fashionable to hate uh, Nickelback. Yeah. 
Creed, that was that band. They didn't sell tickets. They just passed around a collection plate. At sure, concerts, yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's, yeah, Live Nation. That They said, listen, we're not going to be able to get you any money. We're just giving it right to God. But, you know, I, I never hated this song. We played this song. Uh, I'm about to. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember yeah. where we were when we played this, but it wasn't terrible. No, I don't get creeped out by Christian rock bands until I find out that they're a Christian rock band. Yeah. Like, I've often heard songs and think, oh, that's a nice song, and then, oh, that's a Christian rock band, and then it's mm. like, ooh, that's creepy. But anyway. Well, you know, but not all Christians, Fred, you know, some a lot of Christians are doing great work around the world, missionaries, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, I brought that up to somebody the other day. I said, well, how do you reconcile that Kenneth Copeland's worth $750 million, and they were like, well, yeah, but Christian rock, Christian bands do around the world, Christians do great work. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. You got me there. I saw a thing the other day. I think when I was on Fox News, somebody had written a, a reader or whatever in the comments had written, uh, uh, what did he say? <clears throat> Christian and for Trump, dot, 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 and well-armed. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Boy, does that ever say a lot, doesn't it? Sure it does. Um, Christian for Trump and well-armed. Wow. Uh, I got a bunch of audio here I've been saving up the last couple of days for you to, uh, for your uh, edification, for your perusal. Uh, do you want the anti-vax guy or do you want some... How about we start off, uh, since you mentioned Trump, with the... Well, here's a couple of good ones. So here's, uh, here's some women outside of a Trump rally. You know, we've played some audio of what they, you know, the, the, earlier this week I played just some audio of a couple of women that thought Princess Diana was still alive, Jackie O was still alive. And part of the QAnon cult conspiracy is that JFK and his dad uh, are going to come back and take over. But here's a new one, Fred. Here's a couple of women who believe that Joe Biden is dead, but he's being played by uh, different actors. You think Biden is not alive right now? No, the guy that's doing the stand-up job of trying to wake people up is an actor wearing a mask. I mean, there's several different people playing Joe Biden at this point. And when, when he fell up the stairs going on the airplane... I myself think that that was Jim Carrey. <laughs> I've heard that he was one of them. I wait, 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 wait. You think that Jim Carrey was wearing a mask and was and the acting president? Silly and being silly by falling up the stairs three different times. And James Woods also, I think, is one of the doppelganger mask wearing. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, I know that. Like that doesn't make sense. Like none of. But the fact that she came up with James Wood is the doppelganger mask wearing guy. But James Woods too. He's a huge right wing. Like why would he do that? I, I know, but I don't think it matters to people. Who no, think, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. The, the and, details and that's so ridiculous. You almost think it could be set up. You know what I mean? It would be if there was if it was a one off. But it's so much of it. You know, I forget who it was. One of the Fox assholes was on saying, why is it that late night talk shows? Why do they always attack Republicans and not Democrats? Well, there's why. Because there's so much, you know, there's just so much material. Yeah. That's why the right is attacked more than the left now, because that's representative of what we're dealing with on the right now. It's like, how do you not make fun of that? Like, where's the equivalent of a left wing politician 
saying that Jews control or remember this was last year the year before marjorie taylor green said that jews were setting the wildfires with our yes. sp- with our space lasers <laughs> now again if that mm-hmm. I, I know andrea or aoc i'm bernie i know they're radical left but i don't recall any of them no. saying that jews are shooting space lasers mm-hmm. from the sky mm-hmm. setting wildfires no they're radical left because they want more Help. welfare yeah, health care for people and or free education and you know and some of those ideas i don't call them radical they're way out there because they don't have a chance which is great but again it's not the other side what you just displayed like how do you not make fun of that <laughs> and that's an interesting thing you brought up i think that's whether they have a chance or not they're not advocating either no. bizarre theories or or harm no. mm-hmm. you know uh, here, by, and by the way, it's interesting because there was a thread along with that. And this is why I'm sure it's similar in Canada, but maybe not as extreme. And the National Institute for Literacy estimated that 32 million Americans, so 10% of the population, are unable to read. The average American, and I don't know if this would apply to us, the average American reads at a 7th to 8th grade level. Half of U.S. adults can't read a book written at the eighth grade level now okay so let's say that's true we have no reason to believe it's not but given that maybe that explains a lot because as you've said i've said most people don't really delve into the details of politics they just say you know they think that Joe Biden's dead and Jim Carrey's playing him as a as an actor. <laughs> it's like that's something that you'd think of in grade seven and go, yeah, that could happen. Uh-huh. It's what I told you yesterday. It's that new blue Ontario party here. You know, they're throwing out the word now rigged elections. People gravitate to that. It's easy to understand. You know, it gets the heart beating like, oh, yeah, they're stealing my elections. You know, you don't that doesn't need a lot of explanation. You know, and if you're one of these people that through the Trump era, even in Canada, had now thinks that uh, think you have a voice and you can step up and, you know, be vocal with some of your bizarre beliefs, they know exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, that's what that movement in the state is. It's, you know, you just throw this stuff out for simpletons, for the goobers. Just give them enough to rile them up that they can understand because most of them don't understand the issues and you know that applies to canada on a lot of levels too they don't understand 100%. the issues they don't have the time to understand the issues they don't care about the issues if you start bringing numbers into it in big words they tune out you say freedom you say rigged elections right. You say immigration and you got them you know hillary clinton lock her up emails yep. <clears throat> yep. you know now it's the critical race theory listen you know, I read at a, I don't know, grade nine level. And I, mm-hmm. I had to, I was looking into critical race theory the other day. And it's a, it's a complicated issue. But what it says to a person, the average character out there is, you know, I don't know. Why are they afraid of it? I guess they're afraid because they don't want to talk about how the U.S. treated, you know, black people and indigenous people. And like hey, I saw some the other day that said critical race theory is just history. At the very least, it's worth a discussion. But see, it's like the right wing, the far right. It's why they won't come on the show. They don't want to be asked the obvious questions. 
And that's the thing with critical race theory. They don't they don't even it's worth a discussion because it exists and there's a history there that should be discussed, regardless of what side of it you fall on. But they they don't even want to have the reason they're so critical of critical race theory is they don't want to have the discussion because they don't want to they don't want they're afraid of the result. They don't don't, want to expose the result. Yeah. I also think it's smart. Again, you know, trying to see the other side as something other than just evil. They're it's a they're very smart because I, I would say that one of the other reasons they don't want to bring it up or have it be discussed or debated is it's a tough thing to debate, and not everyone is armed with enough you know uh, sort of everyday facts to make it understandable to people but all you do is say critical race theory take it away from the schools and people go yeah yeah we don't want to even the people who um have an idea what it is don't want to talk about it and you know what the again the seed of it is they don't want it discussed because the last thing they want is black people to uh, to have a reason to go to the polls beyond the beyond sort of the normalcy hmm. of no, the makes situation. Sense so if that becomes an issue and it's like, yeah, we really have got a raw deal and these people are pushing back on it, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to vote against you or I am going to vote this time. Oh, yeah. Here's a great meme, or I think they're called memes. The saddest part of the 2016 election was seeing how many people believed the worst rumors about a woman while ignoring the worst facts about a man. Isn't that true? Uh, Speaking of that man, uh, the other day they had a debate in Pennsylvania. They got uh, this uh, Dr. Oz and the billionaire and a bunch of other uh, people on stage. Did I play this for you before the show ended or after the show? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Um, This is uh, the debate. And and as they say in this uh, article, anyone suggesting that Trump is losing his grip on the GOP should watch this. He went groveling to President Trump. President Trump saw right through him, did not endorse him, and then he endorsed me. Everything President Trump put in place worked. The reason Mehmet keeps talking about President Trump's endorsement is because he can't run on his own positions. President Trump won Pennsylvania. President Trump endorsed being President Trump was very clear. I'm America first. I'm the only person in this race that was appointed by President Trump. You say that you are America first and you did so much for President Trump, and yet he rejected you Thank you, Ms. Barnett. Once again, trying to tell Pennsylvanians something that President Trump does not believe is true. President Trump doesn't always get the best advice. I am the only conservative voice. No, you're not. Anyway, it goes on like that. But what this is is a bunch of conservatives running for the, I guess, the prime, whatever whatever stage they're at, to be on the ticket, whatever. And... uh, but yeah, that's that's the Republican Party in 2022. It's the party of uh, Adolf Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's a sad, sad situation. Just the way they carry on and the stuff that... Uh, anyway, where do you even begin? Well, you know what? Why don't we, uh, t- because we're going to be gone for a few days, let's like, uh, let's go on to some other. Mm-hmm. You know that story of, uh, like everyone's been talking about Johnny Depp and his ex-wife Amber Heard. Uh-huh. And you told me about he believes she made a duty in his yes. bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I heard from somebody, I won't say who. Right. That we know, who told oh. me that when he was having a... Uh, you know, in the throes of a very, very tumultuous breakup, 
took his partner's toothbrush and brushed his anus with it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just, he b- brushed his crack at a touch. And, uh, yeah. Really? Someone I know, too? Mm-hmm. So I'll get back at you. So I... Yeah. You take her toothbrush and you rub it on your... On your ass crack. Mm-hmm. And I was... Uh, I don't know if I was surprised. Uh, and then I started thinking about it. I'm like, I wonder how much, I wonder how often that happens. Like when you're mad at, you're having a fight. <laughs> you don't know, right? You're having a fight with your partner and uh, she's like mad at you. And then she, you know, has a, a sit down and you like, you, you, you don't know. No one knows, right? No, I know. It's just ironic too, because early in the relationship, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a zone. Oh yeah, that's you know that definitely like, that's yeah, an early first, relationship zone. Yeah, early in a relationship, that's <laughs> yes. that's part of the playground. Sure, that's before you know somebody too well. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, now all of a sudden you take your toothbrush and ram it up there. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. I want. Oh, I, I yeah. Do. I like it so much. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yeah. So that's a thing. I don't know how often that happens. I just know that it, I'm assuming it happens now that I know somebody's done it. I have another really? piece and of they, uh, what? So, uh, and what's the payoff there? I don't Watching them revenge. Brush their teeth yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't really know. Okay. And what is? I guess because wouldn't the payoff be? Ha ha! You just brushed your teeth with my ass. You know. And wouldn't the br- wouldn't you see something on the bristles? Like I don't know. Maybe I don't know how the details. Like I don't know how closely you examine. I need your- the details. Okay, so do you examine your bristles so intently that you would be able to detect? Well, you grab the thing and you put the toothpaste on, so you're really looking at the bristles. Wouldn't you see some duty? Duty. I don't know, man. But I'm I'm keeping an eye on mine. That's for sure. Uh, I brought here's some audio uh, as well. I saved for you. This is a, a guy. I just got him off uh, social media, but he's answering this question. I brought it up to you. Uh, somebody, you know, in the in the bubble, it says, I already know this is a, an anti-vaxxer. He says, I already know five victims. Let me just set this up. We had spoken, you and I, you know, billions of people have been vaccinated and you and I know lots of people that have had COVID, but I know nobody that has died from the vaccine. I've, I, I only know a few people that have had any reaction at all. I know. But I anti-vaxxers know. know a lot of people that have died. Mm-hmm. Five people? That's pretty serious. You know, it's the damnedest thing, right? Every single anti-vax person I've ever come across... Knows at least one person that's died for about a year now, either on this app, social media, in general, in real life. Every single anti-vax person. Yep, I knew a guy. It's funny though. I've never met anyone. I, I don't know of anyone that's passed from the vaccine. I have a lot of pro-vaccine friends. They don't know of anyone that's passed. In fact, my wife works in a hospital system with sixty thousand employees. Sixty thousand employees who had to get the vaccine. Three people had an allergic reaction that got treated with Benadryl. No deaths. But you know five people. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's almost as if you people are completely full of fucking shit. <laughs> I think you're lying. Yeah, I, th- I think you are. Isn't that interesting, though? I, I knew you'd love that take. Cause it, it's almost like, hmm, that's... I think you're lying. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I really sort of equate that now, the anti-vax thing with religion. It's like, okay, you know, we know enough now. Science yeah. has told us enough. It's nonsense. And it's the same thing with the vaccine now. We know enough. Science has told us these anti-vaxxers and their stories is bullshit. Uh, you know, and that's why I bring up uh, professional athletes, because you need what you need is high profile people to discount that whole narrative as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and I'll say it again. There's about 2000 pro athletes, high profile people that we all know. We all would are aware of mm-hmm. have all been vaccinated. Not one has died because if a pro athlete all of a sudden a pro athlete hasn't died of anything. But if they died of the vaccine, you would find out about it. Mm-hmm. And that would be like one of 2000. So there goes your, you know, knowing five people. But nobody, nobody, nobody. I don't, and again, and there hasn't been an athlete miss a game because of the vaccine, because of a side effect. So if, if it's zero and 2000, there are high profile people that we can see and know and touch. Your argument just breaks down. It's the numbers don't work for you, people. I think your numbers of professional athletes are even too low because you think about it. Yeah. There's athletes, high profile athletes in every yeah. country in different sports, whether it's cricket or soccer or football yeah. around the planet. Mm hmm. All got vaccinated to continue to play their right. sport. But it's like, here's the thing. If you read at a grade seven level and you believe Joe Biden is being played by Jim Carrey, it's not so far fetched. And again, trying to understand. You could imagine having a conversation with somebody who believes all that, that yeah, they could tell you five people that died from the vaccine. Or if you believed early on that the vaccine was going to make you magnetized. Why wouldn't you believe that people are dying from it all? The- Listen, we know somebody who's very close to somebody. I guarantee you she thinks people are dying from the vaccine. And we're not being told, which is again, which brings me back to the high profile. It's like we're not being told. We're not being told about Joe Smith, who lives down the lane, who died like nobody knows him. I don't know him. It's just hearsay. Yeah. But if, um, uh, you know, Connor McDavid all of a sudden dies, there'd be some questions asked. Like, I say, you know what I mean? It's like, but we don't have it. And forget Connor McDavid. Take, you know, a guy in the lower tier of the NHL, a journeyman guy. If all of a sudden he dies, that's a big story. Forget why a young athlete dies. And then you ask the question, why? Well, you know, according to the percentages of these whack jobs, there should be several of these people dead now in the, you know, professional athletes. There should be several, several, several of them dead. Oh, I get what you're what saying. What politician like, has died from the vaccine? Well, yeah, if you're like in the double mm-hmm. A, if you're playing for the double A, whatever in the or at Blue Jays organization and you die, you're a starting pitcher, you're a prospect. That's going to get noticed. Yes. You're a 23 year old kid that died. Yes. And when you're like, what happened? Oh, he got the Moderna. Oh, he died from Moderna. Yeah. Him and four of the guys on the team. Really? No. But it's like, so how do you sit? And this is, gets back to what I say. This summer, again, is going to be very interesting because we start to socialize and we're around more people, which is inevitable in my situation. I don't know how I'm going to react to it because inevitably you're going to sit with somebody that's going to throw the shit at you. And what do you do? 
Do you just stand up and walk away? Do you give them shit? Do you call them a fucking asshole? Do you tell them they're stupid? Like, what? how do you react to that? Because given, you know, my nature, your nature, I can't sit there and listen to that shit. Well, given my nature, I just yell, pick up your dog shit and try and drive away. That's what I would do. Are you shit? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, Mm -hmm. see, that's a, I don't, David, see, that's the kind of thing I want to talk to you about. I don't know what Dan, Dan sent David some story about how uh, the psychology of people working remotely has changed the nature of work. I didn't read the whole thing. Did you read it yet? He sent it to me. I sent it to you. Well, I don't need, but what are you making notes on, by the way? Oh, because I, I want to talk to David about the Russian stuff. Dan sent David smart a thing. Smart guys just sit around making notes. No, no, he's time. just ma- he's smart. So yeah, he's I making know. smart guy notes. Yeah, um, they just that's what they do. But uh, yeah, I don't need you to comment on that because that's it, it's an interesting story that Dan sent us. But it's what I'm curious about from David because he's you know he works in the world of human of human beings. What does make people believe? that they know five people that have died from the vaccine. That's a question for a smart guy like David Glassman. He knows that, you know. Hey, the funny thing is, Edmonton, yeah. Edmonton Steve's listening. He goes, I, I could answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's like, I'll call in. I'll call in. But this is a, this is a job for really smart people. Uh, no, I know. And it's, well, we've said there's a story behind all these people. There's, yeah. there's just, you know, I, I don't know. I mentioned on the show, our buddy Freeway Frank, the odd time I listened to his show because I want the best for him. But he sounds so silly through all of this. And he had Chris Nyland. Did I mention that to you? Chris Nyland. Uh, and it's hour. It's one hour of the most ridiculous pile of nonsensical bullshit you would ever want to hear. And mostly Chris Nyland refusing to get the shot and losing his job over it and goes on this rant about Joe Biden, which tells you that, you know, he really buys into the Trump stuff. And and I, I just sit back, I think, you know, how, why? Like, where are you getting this stuff, Chris? And you put everything on the line for it. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to put everything on the line for a true belief, something noble, something, some conviction that can be proved. Like but being invaded th- by Russia. You know, that yeah, seems th- like a noble cause to resist that. Yeah. No way I'm getting a no way I'm getting a fucking vaccine. <laughs> you know, and he sounds like a fucking hammerhead saying it, and it's like, great, you know. And then Frank's cheering him on, and it's like, my, you know, this is, I, I couldn't sit in a room with those guys. Like, how do you? It is, you know. I know we're fascinated by the mm-hmm. weather, but I'll tell you, this is to me mm-hmm. endlessly fascinating because of the category of things I never would have imagined in March of 2020. Yeah. That we'd be having conversations about people that believe Jim Carrey is playing Joe Biden and that uh, <laughs> that people are dying from the vaccine. Listen, before we get to uh, David and uh, Dan Duran's coming back with his news, I know you've already talked about these guys, but what about this? Meet again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. <sighs> You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, maybe you could just jump in there, Freeds, with a little uh, note about uh, these fine focus uh, Well, yeah, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for... 
small business, get a free quote today. I'll tell you, the services keep piling up. We received a call the other day about now that you can have your prescriptions delivered to your door at a discount. It's a great, it's it's really a fantastic program. Take the time today to find out more. Go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote. And remember, you know, it's affordable for small business. They do a great job of keeping the premiums down, and they just keep adding product to it, and it's it really is remarkable. The Teladoc system, for example, you know, through the whole COVID thing, so you didn't have to leave the house to be diagnosed before going to a hospital where COVID was running rampant at the time. All these things, very, very, very thoughtful. Prescriptions, dental, travel insurance, as I say, the Teladoc system, certain therapies. They've got an HR component now. Oh, yes, they do. Okay? And now mental health, another byproduct of COVID. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Wow. My older brother is really very fastidious. That's a big word. Where did it come from? I guess the love of language came from uh, our father. Um, there was a time when I was given my allowance. I mean, did, you ever, did you ever have that thing where you had to go to the store and get your allowance? Did you ever do this? To pick it up downtown? No, to do... Well, when I was a kid, my dad, who loved words, mm-hmm. one of the things he would have me do was I would have to learn a word or memorize a poem or a song or do something. And then on Saturdays when my mother would take me downtown, uh, we would stop at my dad's store and he would have me recite this passage or to tell him what a word meant in front of his the guys that worked there. And it was like my first little performances and he would give me money like a monkey. <laughs> you never did that? No, I, I just I, get a little closer. I, I missed that phase. <laughs> well, you know, remember you were like, my dad was learning to be a dad with David, and he made some mistakes, and, and then he he worked on a little bit better with Stephen. But by the time he got to me, he didn't give a half a shit. Really, I think he was just trying to, you know, keep me out of his hair. Yeah. Um, David Glassman, everybody, not a tr- not. A, what, what do you want me to say? You're not a uh, trained psychologist. Well, I I was. You need to get. Close I was close. trained as a psychologist, but there's a there's an interesting thing. If you're not registered and certified as a psychologist legally, you can't call yourself a psychologist. Okay. So I have a master's degree in psychology, but I'm a management consultant. Well, that covers a wealth of sins. You know, I have grade eleven, so that's cool. <laughs> um. I saw you busy. I said, to Freddie, you're making all these notes. I had told David, I thought, you know, he has a, a, a interesting perspective. You know, he works with a lot of different people around the world. And I, he was telling me some stuff about, you know, the Russian situation. And I thought, is that what you're making some notes? Yeah, on? that's I had looked up an article this morning or I read one. I thought this is perfect. All right. Well, Fred, uh, shall we turn it over to uh, a master of psychology, David Glassman? <laughs> For some yes. perspective, can, can you good can morning, Freddie? Monitor mon, uh, camera at all so we can see him. Or um, does it matter? I, I, it's just because no, that okay. microphone where he you can right. already hear some room noise from the two mics. So okay. if you're okay. yeah, so uh, what, I'm sorry, people on Facebook. I just can't quite. I mean, if you want to just push that monitor toward the wall like this, yeah, just do it. There you go. There you go. There you go. And then maybe move over a little bit. So people consider you are. There's oh, my there brother. We go. Oh, it's James Taylor. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Without, I can't hold a tune, Freddie. I promise. But he can play nice piano. Okay. So uh, let me just. I don't really need to be in here. So uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess just briefly, and we've only got a few minutes before Dan Duran comes back and he gets his nose at a joint while you're on and he's not. Um, what? Uh, 
we were sort of talking about this. I said to David, like, what is going on there and why is this happening? And what do we need to know culturally about Russia and Russians? Just pick it up there. Right. What's what's not to know? Okay, so Freddie, the nice beard, by the way. You look like a a guy from a, a, a Western, you know, like a... Anyways, let me let me say. So Howard and I were talking. I look like Alec Baldwin the day he shot that woman. That's exactly. Right. That's yeah, right. you do have that look. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, so just like Alec Baldwin. So you know the I'm no expert is it could not be truer. But a, a, a couple of things. So the background to what I'm going to say comes from the fact that I, I work in uh, the, the field of consulting. And uh, and work in the field of sort of creating corporate culture. So I'm, I'm imbued with that, a kind of very Western North American view of possibility. Uh, the, the other piece of data that I get from, I also work with a company that has business in both Ukraine and Russia. And, and they're in an uncomfortable position of having a technical team working in Kiev, but also historically amongst their international customers working in Russia. So, so I talk to people, you know, over the last few years, I've talked to a lot of people, been a lot of Zoom calls where, you know, the, the language is English and Russian. So, I, you know, I have a chance to talk to some of these people. And, and, and here's the thing that I noticed that is, is the biggest difference. So in, 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 also in the seminars I do, you know, with corporations, uh, it's always in the background to that is the taken for granted, uh, the kind of the Western ideal that things can get better. That, uh, you know, we, you know, we're shocked when we read a stat that says, you know, maybe our children might not be better off than us. And we're kind of horrified because the West has had this sense of frontier and that the world will continue to get better. Uh, inherent into the Western ideal, it, it then, is that sense of things can improve if we only commit, if we stand for something. This is a conversation Howard and I have with golf. But if you live within the Russian psyche, they live in history. So if you know Russians, uh, you, you, you generally find how articulate they are about history. To be Russian as a kind of way of being is to be literate about, you know, what Catherine the Great did in such and such a year. Um, when, when the Russians talk about the Ukraine, they go back. My friend uh, Ivan always reminds me of something that happened 600 years ago that they're still ticked off about. So, so in the Russian sense, there's that sense of inevitability. So when they look at what's happening and, oh, this might lead to nuclear war, um, they're going, well, that's just the way things are going. That there is a sense that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, and I just, the thing, the quote I was reading, and I have to look at my notes and I won't. No, please look at your, hang on a second. Please look at your notes. Uh, <laughs> this, this Facebook thing is just for a few people. No, look at your notes because the yeah. people listening to the podcast. Right. Well, yeah. You know, so one person says, um, why, should, uh, why should we, why should our lives be better than our grandparents? I mean, that's so the opposite. Why should our lives be better better than our grandparents? And you're saying the Western mentality is... Our lives should be. We just assume every generation we want them to be better off than we were. Yes. 
And, and that's the thing that scares me. And, and the other one I was reading from a, a Russian uh, commentator on uh, a Dmitry Kulikov, to be precise, on Russian state media. And, and he was saying, well, if it's inevitable, meaning nuclear war, at least we're going to go to heaven. Right. right. So that's great news for people. Right. And, and you put that in the context of the Russian uh, foreign minister Lavrov, you know, making some uh, threats the other day. And then in the state media sort of preparing people for this background of look where it's all going. Now, I think in, you have to believe in some ways it's sort of organized threat. Um, but at another level, the the possibility of miscalculation because we don't understand each other, that's the thing that scares me. And that's why I wanted David to talk about this, because of that idea that, you know, we have a Western mentality, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, all of us, Fred, I, all of us listening have a Western mentality of, uh, you call it like sort of hope and and uh, adventure and, yeah. pri- and what you call frontier. There's a, yeah. there's a frontier out there, whereas the people that we're dealing with, the, the enemy here has a much different view of the way the world was working and how it could work. So, Fred, do you have any questions for Professor Glassman? No, it, it is scary. Like, you know, you refer to that one fella. You know, they think they're on the right side of history. So, yeah. you know, if the world uh, is blown up, we're, we'll be okay because we're going to heaven. Yes. I mean, when you're de- all it takes is a few at the top who make those decisions to feel that way. Yes. And we're all screwed. Yes. Right? I know. And it's hard. You know, I find myself every day, you know, partially looking at stuff like this and going, my God, what's going to happen? On the other hand, wanting to be tranquilized and and mostly worrying about the golf weather today. Yes, it's it's uh, from an individual point of view. It's hard to know how to react. And and I take that personally as well. Right. No, no, and I, you know, we've I've, I've said this on the show the last couple of weeks. I've really backed off the twenty-four hour newsreel because it was bumming me out, and I mm-hmm. I almost feel cowardly. But honestly, moment to moment, day to day, I don't want it in my life right now. I'll get caught up daily, but if you get pulled into that, it's um it's depressing, and it's like okay, I'm depressed. But what about you know? I read a story yesterday about a woman in Ukraine who wrote on her children's backs all the information about them in case they got killed. So they knew where the kids belonged and where they right. should be buried or who should be notified. Can you imagine being in that position? Well, I'm getting that information every day. It's so depressing. It's like you want to reject it or avoid it. But meanwhile, these people are going through that. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to relate to. And, and so my question, yeah, I am, which I and we've talked about this on the show, like yeah. I sort of check in on the war every day, but I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. overwhelmed by it but getting back to your you know the the idea that we're dealing with a culture that doesn't yeah. see the world that the way that we do so i don't know i know you can't give me a prediction but if you had to as a guy that's been around for almost 70 years Lingley looks great for his age i won't make it to 70 so i don't have to worry but uh mm-hmm. you do you, what do you see is there and is there an outcome that doesn't you know wreck the entire planet um, yeah, I mean, I think the lower probability, of course, is not nuclear war, just nuclear. I'll say why I'm being precise there. That's less likely than not. It's just if it happens, it's shitty. Um, what I do think the outcome will be, and I'm hearing this from you know international business and people who are living over there, is that we are going to continue to split worlds. 
that the the rupture of the West and Russia and China, I think, is inevitable. Uh, I think the... Uh, Western technology companies are leaving Russia. Russia is leaving us. And and while that may, you know, seem on the face of it, what do we need them for? Um, I, I think the anti-globalization that will result from this, that's going to be a long-term trend. That, you know, the big sweeps of history are hard to overcome. And, and I see 10, 15, 20 years of, of a very different kind of world. Right. For better or worse, do you think? Uh, for certainly different, yeah. for certainly different. I think some of the trends of globalization probably needed to be resor- mm-hmm. reversed. I, I think uh, unrestricted globalization probably wasn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly the, the question, you know, Bob Dylan question, what side are you on, is now right. a question we're going to have to answer. History is now continuing in a way that we didn't think it was. Right. And and David, he, I mean, forget the world. I mean, look at the United States right now, how divided they are. And I often look at it and I think, how will that, can that ever be mended? Like, it's like, what team are you on? And it doesn't matter what your team, how ridiculous your position is, what mm-hmm. your team's position is, you still defend it. How is that ever, ever going to be mended so if we don't know. fractured on that level <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. globally it's but you heard uh, us talking i'm when you were sitting there making yeah. well, you talk about people you know in america as freddie's you know they're all in this team and mm-hmm. and they believe this nonsense but to them it's not nonsense and you've mm-hmm. t- you've talked to me about this about how what did you call it like the other there's this culture of uh this this these teams that we're on talk about that a little bit Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I was thinking we, we don't believe facts. We believe people. So it doesn't matter how bizarre the fact is. If it comes from somebody on your side in the context of you think the other side is an existential threat, you'll you'll kind of believe anything. Well, like those women that believe, mm-hmm. and again, I know it's a joke because it's fun. It's a fun reference, but if there there are people out there that believe that Jackie O is still alive, and there's these women, and we played a clip of these women that believe Jim Carrey's playing Joe Biden. So if you can accept that, then how you know it's well, it's easy to accept the fact that five people, everyone knows five people that have died from the vaccine. Well, the prob the problem there is in a different age, those f- women who believe Joe Biden is being played by Jim Carrey might not make the news because there just isn't that much room. You know, in an age of social media, we can find the two people who were willing to believe that we we put it on the media. And then people go, because it's on media, maybe I should believe that too. And it's probably not the people who believe that we need to be worried about. But, you know, two, three moderate, less moderate, or more moderate lies over are the things I worry about. Um, that's, that's the thing that, that concerns me. It's yeah. not the, the Joe Biden thing. Yeah, well, even the Twitter thing. I was saying to Howard the other day. This furor over Twitter, like if Twitter, if Twitter means that much to you Mm -hmm. for your source of information, I don't give a shit right, left or in the middle. That's pretty sad. Like, why do we even care about Twitter? If, if, if that's your go-to, like on Fox News, they spend all their time now talking about freedom of speech and Twitter and Elon Musk. And I'm thinking, why is this even a story? Because you can opt in or you can opt out. And if that's your source of information, we're all in trouble. But to your point, though, the reason 
the reason that it, um, we were talking about this this week is mm-hmm. it, they're, they're just words. Freedom. Like we were talking yes. about the, the, the thrilling thunder rally in Ottawa. They're talking about going to get our freedoms back. And we're all like, what freedoms are gone? But they're mm-hmm. just great words. Critical race theory. Freedom. Yeah. Mask mandates. They're just headlines. They're just, they just pop into a bubble in somebody's head. Yeah, I think not to underestimate or even stand up for the for the right here, but just, you know, these, you know they say sometimes in fiction is truer than not, even though the facts are wrong, there's a deeper truth. And, and I think the thing to notice about what's happening in the right-wing media, it's not that they're lying a lot, which they are, is that they're speaking to a different truth that's resonating with people. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. that's the thing that we miss in dismissing the, the overt lies. Right. And, and unless we understand who these people are, um, we're going we're gonna to miss the story. It, it's easy to, to mock them, but you miss, you miss something in there. Right. And I was telling mm-hmm. no, I you, know, David and I had this discussion, Fred, about, you know, the other night I was saying, you know, when the Freedom Rally was going on in January, you and I spoke and I said, uh, I was you know, telling David about our conversation about, you know, being in Eastern Canada, you can't really appreciate what an Albertan feels about Toronto and Ontario and you know you, you know the fact that the elections are you know all this historical stuff not the least of which was you know Red Deer Daniel uh, where we both have been has was the ground zero of Aryan nations in Canada so there's a whole melting pot of people out there that we don't relate to out here because as you say you know and dismissing them as nuts and religious is sort of not a, not really getting what they're going through. They had they they legitimately feel uh, othered by us. Absolutely, and it's not the Aryan. You know, and when you say Ar- you know, it was actually near Red Deer. Absolutely, right. was the home of the Aryan nation. But it's a small, very rump group within a larger kind of reaction to the East. Say, so you know, I mean, in the East, we point to the Aryan nations and saying that's the genesis of it all. You know, the genesis is is essentially a, a lack of power in the West. So the the narrative in the West is uh, we we never get to elect a government that has any power. Um, everything politically works against us. Uh, you rob and steal us. Um, but you're all very polite about it. Now, that's not exactly True. my point of view, but mm-hmm. it, it's in that context that the again the facts are wrong, but the the sentiment is is bang on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and when I listen to you guys or anybody comment and only talk about the facts that are wrong and the crazies, it it I think further inflames people because it's it's missing the sentiment. Sure. And well, I'm that, not mm-hmm. saying deny fact, no, no. but you know, as a mm-hmm. psychologist you know, I'm prone to look at things that way. And well, what, no, we're, tr- what we're trying to do here every day is inflame others and ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, that was fan. Dave, by the way, Dave Glassman, everybody, the uh, Gig Sky uh, guest of the day. Just hang around here for a second while I tell everyone about Gig Sky, which has been a, a well, it's uniting the world, David. It brings people together. Hundreds of countries around the planet where you can use your GigSky account. Go to GigSky.com. Enter the uh, promo code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. And now, of course, uh, I've been talking about the GigSky travel rewards. You sign into your account, you get rewards and cash back on over 850,000 hotels around the planet. Rental cars reduction and theme park adventures. All of it. 
If you're thinking about getting away, now's the time to do it. GigSky offers a 100% data plan. GigSky.com is where you get more information. Uh, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. He was on the show yesterday. More great information. He asked the question, what matters to you? And it's the type of thing you have to think about when you're building uh, wealth. Uh, in the end, what does matter to you? What do you want to do with your life? Again, this is the type of guy he is. It's not just give me your money, I'll invest it. You know, there's a lot of calculation that goes into it. Tim's your guy. Whenever it comes to this type of thing, again, uh, Tim Niblett, Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca is how to connect, and uh, he's helped lots of Humble and Fred listeners. He can help you. Retirementsherpa.ca. Uh, all right, very good. Uh, David, you remember Dan Duran? Look at that Dan Duran man. Look how the. Remember, you guys were uh, neighbors? There we're all neighbors, neighboring. Yes, we were neighbors neighboring. Thank you, you Remember Dan. when we went to... We were Into San, the microphone there. Remember when we were in San Francisco together? Remember that trip? I um, visited you and we went to a uh, medieval festival. What? Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> what, um, you were visiting... Oh, I was in town anyways, and he was there, and we, we uh, hook, hooked up. And you yeah, were with... San Francisco. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were with... I can't remember the girlfriend's name, but... Is that the one that threw all your stuff onto the lawn? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> one of my favorite stories ever. <laughs> you know, because everyone, everyone knows like, oh, you've seen that in a movie, but we actually know a guy who came home and all his shit was on the lawn. Like that's yeah. like, seriously, you don't know stuff too. Yeah. yeah. No, like everything was fantastic. Um, I, we don't have time now, but maybe the next time David is on the show, he can maybe explain to us why, uh, Anti-Semitism continues to be the leading, not, I know, again, it's easy for us to be paranoid about being Jewish, but Freddie sent me an article, uh, we've been sharing back and forth a couple articles written by, uh, is it, who is it, Kinsella was one of them, Brian... Uh, Brian Lilly. Brian Lilly was another one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of hate crimes in Toronto reported to police rose again in 2021, a year that saw the Jewish community as the most targeted group and a significant increase in anti-Asian. But it's interesting, and I've had this conversation with Freddie, David, and maybe you can talk briefly yeah. about it. Why, you know, again, because we're white, we don't, we don't, we're not seen as mm-hmm. minorities, right. but we are targeted at a rate beyond all the other minorities. Uh, I could, maybe three or four sentences. Um, the foundational myth of the West begin with opposing the Jews as the other, right? So, so you have to go really back to the expulsion of the Jews from Palestine, first century, the founding of the Christian church, to see how fundamentally foundational uh, the mythology of the Jew is the other, and, and that's continued. So, so it's you know I've been reading some anthropology lately. Um, oh, so have I. Yeah, yeah we all and, have. We and, all have. And the, 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 well, there's an interesting thing. It, as it turns out, most people um, not only define many people not only define themselves in terms of their own ideals. Uh, most ethnicities define themselves awful also in opposition to another group. Right. You know, and, that, and, and even if you look at some First Nations cultural history, there's always that Group A gets its meaning by not being Group B. So maybe the mm-hmm. easiest one is Athens and Sparta. Oh, that's you what know. I always bring up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the Spartans yeah. were, you know, militaristic. 
uh, what you've come to say, Spartan, simple life. You know, they had a certain, you know, view of the world where the Athens were the sophisticates, kind of like New York versus the Ozarks. And, and, and the problem is, is that, you know, given we're so foundational to the Christian mythology, you know, that's just stuck. And, and then, of course, people believe what their parents believe, what their grandparents believe. And, and you know, so I do a little thing in one of my seminars where I show people um, a, 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 an image of a cow. It's a hid, hidden image. And, you know, people eventually get it if you show them what, what it is. It's an, uh, an optical illusion. But what makes it so difficult to see the real image, it's not that it's difficult to see, but once you believe one image, it's hard to, to, to go find the second. And, and I think the problem with us as Jews, apart from whatever, you know, cruddy characteristics people may invent about us, is that we've been that person from the start of Western culture. So it's not anything particular. It's just baked in. And well, you know, it's interesting because that's a, a, an explanation from somebody that studies and has a master's in psychology. But whenever Freddie and I exchange these articles, I just ex- what do I say, Freddie? My my explanation is simple. Everybody hates Everybody the Jews. Jews. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like that old Pete Seeger song. The white folks hate the black folks. The Catholics hate the Protestants. And everybody, everybody hates the Jews. <laughs> All right. Thank you, David Glassman, for your uh, attention today. Let me just okay. can you just move that back now? Just just a little Thank bit. You, Thank that you, was David great. Glassman. Okay. Gig Sky, guest of the day. God damn it. I know right now Edmonton Steve's like, I'm glad I didn't call in. He didn't. Steve's never making any notes. <laughs> okay, let me see here. Hi, Steve. Hi, David just said hi, Steve. Edmonton Steve's tuning in. Uh, yeah, God damn it, man. You see why I wanted him to explain that? Because he's telling me these things in the kitchen. I'm like, I should be taking notes. Mm-hmm. God damn it. See? The older one gets all the brains. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dan, are you the oldest one in your family? I can't remember. Or do you remember? Because yeah, I know yeah. you can't keep track of dates and times and yeah. ages. No, I remember that I'm the oldest. I knew, <laughs> do I you? That. Why? Yeah. You don't know what day? What age am I? I don't know, Dan. <laughs> was, was that conversation on the show where we asked Dan, yeah. like, what year yeah, what his, uh, yeah. his father passed away? He's like, I don't know. Did I even have a dad? I don't keep track. I've been meaning to ask my uh, my brother mm-hmm. and sister and all these things. Mm-hmm. My sister is the archivist of the family. Mm-hmm. She knows all. Oh all yeah, these you'd have to. Well, things. you'd have to be an archivist to know yeah. when one of your parents died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. my brother's the smart one, so mm-hmm. he's got all the. Well, it's clearly who the smart one in our family is. God mm-hmm. damn it! <laughs> I'm just looking uh, quickly here as far as politics and stuff goes. Toronto Mike writes on our Facebook, you're literally looking at two guys who voted for Harper. That's as conservative as it gets in the 416. Interesting. Why is Toronto Mike commenting yeah. on our Facebook page? No, what, what does that... What does <laughs> why that, is he giving us shit? I replied to? No. No. Hey, well, was somebody it? was saying you guys like were like libs or something, and he was going oh, off okay. about how you're not... You don't have a perspective, a conservative right. perspective. Well, no, and my reply was, because two things. One is you had Jackie Delaney. They said you don't have guests who have conservative perspectives. Oh. We literally had Jackie Delaney on earlier. Yeah. And Tony Clement practically lives in, in Humboldt. <laughs> That's that right. Like, and, and, and Mike, can I ask you, and I'm glad you explained that because, you know, I, I often bring that up. I mean, you sound liberal, but I'm a guy that's traditionally voted conservative and i hate what's happened to the conservative party it's gone too far right i'm the first one to admit it whoever uh, uh, said that ask them to come on the show because that's we need more 
Sean McKenna is his name. Oh, oh yeah, I know Sean. Yeah, I know Sean. You all, all morning he's been going at. Yeah, you. Okay, I, well, Sean should come on the show and just talk about it, but. But, probably, no, but the thing about the Sean, car. though, the thing about Sean, what? Fred, though, is he's not just a random guy. I've, he's, he corresponds quite a bit and, okay. is, and is a listener. He's not like some guy that came out of nowhere. And Booner, I'm just teasing you. I know your comment. But actually, I'm glad Booner does because I don't look at the feed until we wrap the show up to make sure that, you know. Somebody can, from the show should be. Absolutely. You know, no, I, I know. I'm just teasing you. But, but and, I, and, uh, and, and just so you know, like the and I not even that I tell Howard about sometimes, but I'm back and forth with Tony Clement all the time because. Mm-hmm. Again, as a traditional conservative, I'm so upset with where it's going right now, and I continuously tell him that. So, I mean, if that manifested me sounding liberal, so be it. But And, and you know, I don't, and like I don't know how many going. times I have to say, yes, I voted yeah. for Carper, and I didn't vote yeah. for uh, who was the guy after, and I so, did vote for... Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I voted for Trudeau, but not last time, the first time, and I don't mean back in the 70s. Um but Booner's here. Booner, we haven't even we had big smart. No, no, no. I'm here to like enjoy the news no, no. from Dan Durant. I, I was going to say we're, we haven't even done the news yet. God damn it! Well, let's do it. And uh, all right, Dan, are you emotionally ready for this? Because I I didn't get David to. He's not going to be back to comment on your story, but it is an interesting story. Oh, okay. Well, the story is still there. It does not the story is still there. Let, let's trying to include him though. So no, I know. Well, I I wanted him on to talk about the Russian thing as he did. Well, the Russians. Yeah. Do you see how he has references that we don't have? Well, he just has. Yeah. That's what it is, I guess. When you're smart, you you can take well, a subject and then you go back to the Spartans, and I'm like, huh? Yeah. What? It takes it, it takes longer to uh, hate the Russians if you're smart like him. Right. What were we gonna say, Freddie? Yeah. No, but there's so much in that too, because you know, you know, those great minds think to the next level. You know, and I admit I don't often think to that next level. I mean, you uh, you know, you strike out, and, you know, you insult, you fucking criticize. Yeah, people. that's our thing. <laughs> no, seriously, you know, without maybe a full appreciation where that's coming from. I mean, you know, there might be a little consideration there, but not enough to for that whole olive branch thing, you know, well, or to the, at least the world is missing right now or, or to at least understand most people in the world don't. Well, remember the most, uh, most human beings in North America, according to that meaning, we'll say Americans have a, a great read at a grade seven level. They're not thinking about the historical Russian perspective on global events as a, basically yeah. as a, as a construct, as he would say of inevitability, you know, mm-hmm. Western cultures, as he said, it's built on the, the hope that things will get better. But if you're from a culture that you, believe you shouldn't be better off why should we be better off than our grandparents well Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting to have that knowledge so that Mm -hmm. you go "Mm." you know maybe again what they're doing in ukraine is genocide but Mm -hmm. to know the reason they're doing it gives you some perspective can you imagine and we can't imagine you can't imagine just that story i read so you get your kids and you take like a a magic marker and you write all the information about them on their backs because there's a good chance between here and where we're going we not we may not survive or make it like may not see you again being in that position like oh my god i know um in this position now we got a few more minutes left in the humble and fred week Uh, of course we're back on monday michael set up next week and mike's got a couple of interesting stories but first how about this guy here's to a fella named dan duran a hell of a guy with a hella big wang the quintessential anchor man his voice is nice and low 
Gandaran, the anchorman, comes as fast for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And here we go. Kind of sad, actually. The last time we'll have Dan Duran broadcasting from this location. I guess we're moving. Did you ever uh, go see that? Fred, were you up at the lake at all this winter at all? Did you see his place? The one he's in now? Yes, yeah. I, w- I popped in one day. Yes, God I did. God damn it, Dan. I feel bad because last year I was at your place a few times. Yeah. Even in the spring, I remember coming to your place and during the lockdown and Stan and I played on the giant lawn there in front of your old lake. And now I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even know where. Maybe you, the whole time you've been a green screen. You're at actually Fred's basement. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's been cold up here, so that's probably why. Yeah. All right, now here's what the news from Lake Shemong, soon to be Burley Falls. Here's Dan Duran. Here's a stupid way to die. Fractal wood burning or Lichtenberg wood Mm. burning. 33 people have died doing it since 2017. A couple of weeks ago, claimed a Wisconsin couple who I guess could be called crafters. The process is so dangerous that the practice was banned by the American Association of Woodturners. Fractal wood burning is a process that uses high-voltage transformers, uh, often from a microwave, uh, to run electrical currents, high-voltage electric currents across the chemical-soaked wood, which acts as an electrolyte. And then the high-voltage electricity burns lightning or tree-like patterns into the wood that has been soaked in that solution. And then something went wrong, and they were electrocuted. You can probably see videos of the process. It's been viral on social media for a while on TikTok. And if you if you haven't seen it yet, you know it's a hashtag wood turning or hashtag wood burning. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, what, what what is happening? You you what you missed the whole thing? No, I just I'm curious. What is going on? With something burning wood? Well, yeah, you you watch it, uh, and it slowly uh, black char slowly creeps in the pattern of a tree or a um, I don't know like a lightning mm-hmm. bolts or something mm-hmm. on the wood, right? It's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what? And what's it do to people? <laughs> <laughs> well, people are getting electrocuted doing oh, it. Right, that's the point. Okay, like so. like wearing batteries and stepping in a puddle, like that type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you see the bones. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, I thought you'd find it more fascinating. No, I do. I, is apparently, this like, no, no, apparently no, no, no. not one of those stories. Most of your stories are fascinating. Subtext, subtext, subtext. Yeah. Is that it? That's it, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Good job. Okay. <laughs> sarcasm, sarcasm. No, sarcasm. Just, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was right a good job, bro, buddy. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, if I guess you guys have never seen it on YouTube, eh? Oh, I don't know. I, I got first, lost. First thing I'm going to do. I got lost in it. I was, uh, no, but I think that's valuable information, Dan, about something yeah, in wood burning. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a safety uh, safety message from the Humble and Fred show. Mm-hmm. Well, really, right, let's appreciate move on. it. New story. New story. Hang on Next. a second. Hold okay. on, Dan. Don't New get angry. Music. Don't get angry, Dan. Just, God I'm damn. Angry. I think you are. I thought it was more interesting. Hey, well, you did. You did think it was more interesting. <laughs> All right. Video meetings dampen brainstorming because we're so hyper focused on the face. 
Uh, there was a new study that came out that you, you know, maybe not bother brainstorming on business Zoom meetings. Hmm. So apparently staring at something is not really good for creativity. And that's what you do on a Zoom meeting. You're looking at, at the person through the, you know, the screen, right? Mm-hmm. So they did this study over 700 engineers. Uh, they asked them to brainstorm new ways for using Frisbees or bubble wrap. And the in-person version, they came up with more ideas, like 17% more ideas uh, than those of the people that were in remote meetings. So keep that in mind if you're doing a meeting that, you know, it may not be the most creative process. And may do, have a point do, for, for you know people getting together. Do any of the people on Zoom meetings start on fire? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happens to them? Yeah, don't fractal wood. Do they, so if you're on a Zoom meeting, you just spontaneously combust at any point. Yeah. <laughs> The only question I was asked is if I was sitting in the room with Howard, I'd be looking at his face while we were talking. What's the difference if I'm looking at him uh, through a screen? Is it the fact no, you that there's, there's four images there now? Or, well, or if, you were, if you were just one-on-one with Howard on Zoom right. like you are here, yes. right. as opposed to uh, uh, being in person, you'd, you'd probably look around more. Right. And, oh, okay. and stare off into the distance or think right. about things. But you're, but you're okay. kind of trained to be yeah. constantly looking like you I are to watching a TV program. Yeah, kind of like we were during the fractal wood burning uh-huh. story. We kind of looked around. <laughs> well, the thing is, and, and sure. I don't like to grade stories, but I like the second one way more than the first one. Oh, I think you like to grade every story. Your story greater. That's that's what he does when he's not doing the show. He's cleaning his pool and he's grading stories. That story's good. That story's not as good. Hey, we I'm need sure to get Mike Patterson in here for some story grading. Mike, Mike, found, Mike finds everything fascinating. That's oh, right. Good. Professional story grader. Michael Boone, everybody. Do we have a Boone? I should probably get Boone's theme well, I music. have a theme song. I, I know you it, do. In fact, the guy who composed the theme song to Toronto Mike, it's actually his birthday today. So happy birthday, Ill-Vibe. Ill-advised. Ill-Vibe. Illy. Oh. Mm. All right. Shout out to Ill Vibe. I'll tell you what was an Ill Vibe. That first story of Dan's, everyone <laughs> everyone got an Ill Vibe from that. <laughs> um, Mike uh, is our producer. He's also the host of Toronto Mike's. And uh, and I, I, you're right. I guess somebody should be interacting with the people on Facebook, all 50 of them, uh, while the show is going on. But uh, I just, I never really check into it. But I'm glad that Remember, when that, you pop that on. One that I like to... Address Monitor. things that are like unfair to you, like I, I like when somebody says you guys are too liberal. I need to chime in and remind them. Chime, Jack. I appreciate you know, that, and that's why. Mm-hmm. So standing alone, you're thinking I'm criticizing you for voting for Harper, but I'm not criticizing you for voting no, for Harper. No, I'm yeah. pointing out you're actually, from this perspective, rather conservative. Yes, yeah, so no, no, I, I no, I appreciate that. I just didn't understand it. That's why, because right. I didn't see the Sean McKenna one. I still don't, so I don't. But anyway, rep- yeah, yeah. Okay, a, maybe you blocked Sean McKenna, but no, you know. Um, I, I was just say this. I know the guy, and uh, I don't know him, but I corresponded with him before. He's a, he's not a nut job. He's just a guy with an opinion, but he's not. He wouldn't. He would easily come on the show. He's a articulate well, let's put dude. It this way might be a bit of a dink because let me. I don't know him at all, except that I said, "Hey, write me, Mike at TorontoMike.com. I'll put you in the calendar. We'll put you on the show." And he re- his reply was, 
Howard knows how to reach me. To me, that's like okay, like like this. Yeah. this you don't really want to come on. Well, I know I, I, how I know how to reach him is he's on. Uh, we're friends on Facebook. That's really it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a couple things here, Mike. You brought up Matea Roach in your notes, and I thought that's something we haven't spoken about. I wrote it down. In fact, I wrote yeah. it down uh, before I saw your notes that this is a, a young woman from Toronto. Or is it Toronto? Well, okay, let me, because I've been following this yeah, very follow closely. Away. I'm in well, love with this woman. Explain so, to she's us. She's a maritimer. Maritimes. Born, born and raised maritimer, I think Halifax, but uh, she came here for school. She went to U of T. So she's been living in Toronto the last few years. She's 23 years old, and she's amazing. She's won 17 in a row. Longest Canadian winning streak ever on Jeopardy. Right, right. In fact, it's the eighth longest run in the history of Jeopardy. So she's number eight overall, but number one for Canadians. But like last night, for example, the person in second place had half of her score. So he bet it all and got it right in final Jeopardy. And then that meant they were tied, deadlocked. And then Matea gets it right and bets a dollar and ends up winning by one dollar. It was mm-hmm. nice. quite a thriller. Um, yeah, $396,182 right now. And you see the controversy, US. Sur- yeah, uh, controversy surrounding her right now through NBC News. No. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, they referred to her as the 23-year-old Tudor lesbian from Toronto. Yeah, they got some pushback on that. Yeah. If I may Um, defend NBC, I can't believe I'm doing this, but Matea, I follow her on Twitter. She recently added lesbian to her Twitter bio. And I feel like once you add lesbian to your Twitter bio, you're okay being identified in that manner. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like uh, again another one of those stories where I'm thinking, boy, I, you know, I got to catch up. Where are we right now with referring to her sexual preference? Is that such a horrible thing? And again, once you're equipped with the information behind it, it's like, well, that's I guess yeah. not a big deal, is it? But She's the, identifying as a lesbian. I, I know, but the pushback lesbian. on it was, and, and this was earlier in the week. I saw some of the pushback mm-hmm. being that you wouldn't identify. You know, just because she identifies as a lesbian tutor doesn't mean that you wouldn't identify a straight person or so by by somebody's sexual. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's what I thought. But then what Mike just said, you know, it's just all part of the mix nowadays. It's like you got to like you don't know which end is up when it comes to this stuff. You mean if you're not gay, you don't you don't have to be. Well, it's not like we're saying now with the news. Here's um, a legendary um, heterosexual long cock (laughs) champion, Dan Duran. Right. I mean, I, we, we wouldn't, huh? but or so Dan, he claims if Dan yeah. puts, you know, huge cock in his Twitter bio, yes. just, you know, you could say, I think Dan's Twitter should be at huge cock lake at huge lake cock. <laughs> so just back to Matea real quick. So she's only 23 and yes, she's Matea. Most, of the time, most of the time she's locked it up before final jeopardy. Like nice. final jeopardy doesn't matter because she has more than twice. Once she was alone in final jeopardy. She's been amazing. But what I love is like her personality. Like she's got this quirky, mm-hmm. she's not quite self-aware. Like forget the fact she's from Canada and she's a proud person living in Toronto. Forget all that. She's a fun contestant. Like, I root mm-hmm. for her hard. It's like a sporting event, Fred. It's like, hard. Okay, Leafs yeah. play tonight. Mateo, Mateo plays tonight. How, no, no, how no, long? No, no. Yeah, Mateo's listen, already listen. won way more than the Leafs have a chance there. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Leafs. The thing is, I don't watch all of Jeopardy. I find it a bit frustrating because I know very few of the answers. Oh, mm. Admittedly, I do. But the other night, uh, the subject came up. So, Delise and I watched like the last 10 minutes of yeah. the show. 
And I just kept looking at her going, like, how, how does she know that? Like, yeah. some of the stuff. I mean, some of the stuff you can get the odd time. Sure. But some of this, I can hardly understand the question, let alone have the answer. It's like bizarre. I watch, I watch Jeopardy the way I watch NBA games. Like, I like to come in for the last, you know, five <laughs> yes, or six. Yes. It's true, though. Like, whatever <laughs> yes. happened in the first between the first couple of commercial breaks, mm. I'm like, OK, you've set the table. Now let's rock this thing at well, the end. Yes. Well, one interesting side. Good analogy. Thank you. 17, 17 wins. We don't know. Like, you know, they film these things like four months out or something. So we right. actually, she knows. She's sitting at home doing it. We don't know how long she goes. But they're running out of anecdotes. Like, because every episode, you know, we get to know a little bit more about the contestant. But for 17 weeks, we've been finding interesting things out about Matea. But it, it's like, and she's not that old to have a lot of like anecdotes. Like, she's going to be scratching, like going yeah, deep. Well, like, oh, well, you the know. Kid's, the kid's brilliant. Like there's just no. Yeah, I have, but I know. But every every yeah. episode, we have to learn something new about her. She's right. running out of material. But oh, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Sometimes I'll watch that show, and especially and just think. Not only yeah, not only do I really not get the question, but I'm not 100 percent sure. You know how how you have the re- well back to my brother this morning. Like I asked him one question, he said, "Oh, I'll give you four sentences," and he gave us like five minutes of historical perspective. Right. Right. Uh, I will have to ask him about later on the he way died. to the golf course. I'll go. What? What did that mean? <laughs> Can I say this about Jeopardy as well? I've popped in and out since Alex died. That Ken Jennings does a good job. Yes. I think yep. he's settling in as the guy. I think they should take a long, hard look at him. Well, they're doing a fifty-fifty split with. Uh, uh, yeah. What's her name? Uh, the girl from the stupid show that I don't Mil- like. Miriam Bialik. Bialik. I can never remember how to say her oh, name. Oh, yeah. She's a smart girl, too, though. Maya Bialik. No, true. Yeah. I have a preference. I actually do prefer Ken because I think he's settled in, but uh, they're both okay. Do you call him KJ? I would call him KJ. What's up, KJ? Ken has the record, by the way, if you're wondering, how far right. does Matea have to go? I think he won 74 in a row. So we have some work to do. Ken yeah. Ken does have like an Alex, Alex feel to him. Like There's right. just something that just sits right with me with him and of course so, women women can't do the job of a man so come on <laughs> so he's he's got 74 shows uh how how long how many is matea 17 17 oh okay there's a way to go there yeah there's <laughs> quite a ways but to go eighth overall and yeah. and she has this thing of her wrist i watch and she's talking she does this thing of her wrist like i'm in love with this woman i have this like huge like oh, matea um, crush let's Absolutely. uh before we and, wrap up i okay sorry no my 20 year old has fallen in love as well, so we completely bond now. Like, forget the oh, Raptors oh, and the Jays and the oh, interesting. It's like, oh, did you see when Matea did this? Or oh my oh. god, did you see this? And like, we're totally like bonding over Matea. Speaking of your children, I've already apologized to you on the show. I apologize. I'd forgotten that one of our dear, dear friends has four children. We were talking about. Well, I'm listening, and you're talking. I about, know. Oh, I don't know anyone with four kids. All right. Know, like, you know, but, some guy I knew it. I'm like, you know, there's a guy on the show with four. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I know you're very you're 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 well worn. Your sperm works. Everything is fine. I got a vasectomy. Not a boy. What do we got? Uh, we got to. You you said you had something you want to talk about before we set up next week's uh, fantastic s- uh, series of shows. There's a gentleman named Sid Cohen, and Sid is uh i think he's in his 60s now but he forever would like enter radio contests he did this throughout the 70s and 80s he would even change his name up all the time to win things on radio so he saved audio clips of all his radio winning things and one of them was 30 years ago now i just want to set it up by saying it's kind of amazing you three are here broadcasting right now dan duran fred patterson and humble howard glassman because you were doing this 30 years ago like do you ever sit back and say hey like wow we were broadcasting together 30 years ago yeah, well, yeah, it's, 
sometimes I look at my boy Dan and I think I I remember watching Dan on the air doing a weekend shift in 1978. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching it. We've been broadcasting together a long time. 45 years for me, Dan, this summer. Um, so, Mike, what are you going to play for us? Well, I'll play it until I lo- I'll, then I'll look at you on the Zoom, even though that's not inspiring any creativity. And when you give me the signal to wind it down, because it's a whole two minutes, and I know nothing holds your attention for two minutes. But I'm going to play this from Sid, and then we'll watch you. Here we All go. Right. Play has just been called in from the sidelines. Uh, apparently, uh, Dan Durant feels this would be an appropriate time. Dan, what would, what would we do now? This might be an appropriate time to have Fred. Well, since this morning we're calling it the Sound of Music for Prizes, I think uh, Fred should sing the uh, the theme from Sound well, of Music. I don't know. Is that all right with you, Fred? Oh, jeez. You know me. I'm easy when it comes to this stuff. I just love the sound of my yeah. own voice. The uh, game is alive with the sound of music. Hey. Do I need to? Well, sit. sit on the phone? Yeah. Well, now, but since we're going to a sound of music kind of mode, how about this? How do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> all right. He's got it all at his fingertips. I have it all here at his fingertips. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Beautiful. That's it. No more. All right. That's enough. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah. it. No more. Leave it at all that. All right. What is this? The all all show tune station? <laughs> that's, that's the thing that I and now have been waiting to find out. We're going all show tunes. <laughs> Oklahoma, where the... Sorry. That's right. 24 hours a day. It's the all show tune station. <laughs> Maria. I just met a girl named Maria. Oh. Show tunes all the time. Rocking the house with the Phantom. Sorry, Howard Humble. Yeah, yeah. Howard Humble. Howard Humble. <laughs> Hang on a second, man. to love it. How did, how did Sid from Thornhill know that he'd be singing show tunes on the radio this morning? That's the magic of this. Movie. That's right. You know, I just want to, I can hardly wait to see next month's eye. Oh, they're going all show tunes. They're selling out all show tunes. <laughs> Anyhow, Sid, why are you even calling? Oh, yeah, this is a stupid I, contest. I track. Yeah, me too. Does it even matter? Well, we got a prize. Yeah, here's what we're going to do, Sid. We're going to give you a prize anyway because you've been such a nice fella. The HMV feature of the week. This week, it's your arsenal from our seat for being a good sport and participating on the... It's the Humble and Fred Show! That's uh, an ID definitely from that era. This is Humble and Fred. There you go. The pipes wow. on Fred Patterson, I just want to say. Sounds like <laughs> Ethel Merman on steroids. Yeah, fuck. Sound like a child. Isn't it crazy? 30 years ago. Hmm. Wow. Mm. 30 years ago. It sounds like 30 yeah. seconds ago. <laughs> that's what it is. That's exactly what we sound like. Uh, all right, Boon Boon, next week on The Humble and uh, The Fred Show. All right. By the way, I noticed you go longer when you have no guest. This is the observation I've made, by the way. Okay. So uh, really? Well, just look uh, at today. It's, uh, well, it's, we tend to go longer on Thursday yeah, traditionally, yeah, because anyway, we, yeah, we're not going to do a show till Monday. No, it's not your fault. There's no one's fault. <laughs> Monday, Bill Brio makes his monthly appearance, talking TV. Tuesday, we're going to talk about the seventy-two Summit series. I think this will be fun for your listeners because Scott Morrison wrote a book about it, and we're going to dive deep into the. It's the anniversary of the. Uh, 72 Summit Series. I know so one- Scott's coming on? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to oh, be great. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. I remember that was like the, the time in my life I was the most intensely interested in hockey and like a lot of mm-hmm. Canadian boys and girls. Right. It was a shock to me 
how good the Russians were. It, it, I never in my life would have considered that they could beat our team. Right. So bring your stories about like uh, where you were when you saw the Paul Henderson goal and all that, because it's going to be a good nostalgia 72. Uh, the interesting thing, Scania and I grew up in the same neighborhood, went to the same schools. Yeah. Were you guys yeah. part of rival gangs in Scarborough? <laughs> no, he was, he, he was one year younger than me, and one of his best friends was my next-door neighbor, mm-hmm. Kenny Amashita. Maybe we'll get Kenny on the show one day. Well, you should. Why don't you get everyone from the old neighborhood, the bullies, the Yamashitas? <laughs> <laughs> I love the Yamashitas, Mike. Uh, and then Thursday, so that's Tuesday, Wednesday on the Humble and French. Uh, I'm actually not ready to announce Wednesday because it's. Uh, I'm still trying to shore it up, but all right. uh, it'll has, be great. Has Jamie, has great. Jamie Campbell go back to you at all? No, no Jamie Campbell response yet. No, that's uh, all right. Uh, how, anyone know how he's doing? He's on TV every almost every day. He looks, yep. looks good. Oh, good. Well, we only wish the best for others. And oh, and uh, Raptors are tonight. Uh, just before you sign off, uh, mm-hmm. I was. I buried this team. It's almost like I killed them off, and now I might have to do it again. Like it's like you'll die twice because when we were down three, after we blew that game right. three, I was done, and then back well, in. We mentioned it off the top of the show, and it's, uh, when it comes to burying teams, I buried the Leafs early in the show as well. Yeah, when, and it's oh. funny. I saw something on uh, ESPN the other day. I was trying to find something, some golf thing, and I saw t- two guys. You guys would know who they were, but one of them said, "I guarantee there'll be a game seven, Thinking now the Raptors with the momentum. Yeah. Will we'll win? Barkley. Uh, and I don't know if it was wasn't Barkley because yeah, I, I, I it was it was Barkley who said that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the guys I was watching, it wasn't Barkley because I would know oh. him, but somebody else guaranteed that the mm. Raptors would take this to Game Seven, which I would be. I would love that because that would be fun to watch. Oh my God! Can you uh-huh. imagine? Now, last thing before I shut up uh, is that if anybody's interested in a very deep dive with Dave Thomas from SCTV. I spent an evening with him earlier this week and it's magic. Like he just opens up about everything and it's honestly, it's fantastic. And you can find that in the Toronto Mike feed. So it's a two hour deep dive. Uh, A little more than that, but it's really, really good. Uh, Yeah. Two hours, 20 minutes or so with Dave Thomas, just telling stories about SCTV and John Candy and you name it. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Where does he live now? L.A. That's why I oh, can't okay. get him on your show. I wasn't right. going to ask. I just assumed that he no, would. No, I always get up. think of you guys. I know. Uh, when I hear from these, I always think of you guys. Well, we always think of you. Toronto Mike, everyone. Toronto Mike for the uh, Dave Thomas interview. Dan Duran, uh, good luck with your move this weekend. We'll be looking for you live from uh, the trailer uh, for the summer season of Dan Duran. And uh, Freddie, have a great weekend. Bye, everyone. Thanks very much for uh, sucking on sucking on everybody. Sucking on it. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, and Health Gauge. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen Monday. Suck it on it. A little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that?